It's been a long week. A week of nonsense and lies and utter BS. Consider this your tonic for all that ails you politically, so drink it in. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. And welcome to the Rich Zioli Podcast, now with video. That's right. If you are listening right now, you can also watch this podcast on my brand new YouTube channel. Now, it's new. It's just launched. We need you to subscribe to it and like it or pretend you like it. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends to like it or to fake it. Either way, (laughs) I need you to help us out with that because we are now in a multimedia society and I hear this internet thing is going to definitely take off. So I want to be on the forefront front of it. Just like Al Gore, who's back. That's right, 20 years in a lockbox and he's returned now to lecture us and scare the bejesus out of us over climate change. Notice how the left only does this in the wintertime. Oh wait, I'm sorry, the hot blazing summer, right, July, when we're all sweating and dripping is when they come out and talk about climate change. Do it in February, dude, when we're all freezing our asses off, right? Come out and talk about warming the planet. Everybody go, yes, please do it. What can I do? I'll take hairspray out, whatever I got to do, just make it warmer. But in the summertime, they come out and they warn us about climate change. What a scam. I don't know about you, but I was a kid once, and I remember summer being, wait for it, hot. <laughs> they didn't invent pools last Thursday. They had them around for a reason, right? We didn't, we didn't just start swimming last week because we figured, well, let's try this cold water thing. We have been getting hot in the summertime forever. That's why it's called summer. Literally, they named it summer because of that reason. August is hot. It always is. And yet here's Al Gore coming out and comparing uh, those who don't act on climate change to those cops in Uvalde, Texas. Now, this is a terrible analogy. It's really bad for a number of reasons, but also because it's just way too soon and completely inappropriate. But this is Al Gore for you. Take a listen. You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are Arr. really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams, they heard the gunshots, and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. And law enforcement officials tell us that's not typical of what uh, law enforcement usually does. And confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is not typical of what we are capable of as human beings. Think about that now. Here you have the former vice president of the United States of America comparing that awful massacre to school by a psycho to climate change and saying that we are killing people with climate change. This is what the left does. Dramatic, over the top, completely inappropriate. You can understand why when you think about all the issues, climate change ranks at the bottom. People don't buy it. They really don't. Having him come out and to equate dead kids with climate change deniers, as he calls it, is just so outrageous. Nobody can deny what happened in Nuvalde, but we can debate what we should do about climate change. For example, for a lot of working Americans right now, the idea of maybe buying a Tesla is just something well they can't afford right now and joe biden i'll tell you what this guy is completely out of touch he is not using a hang glider to get around events he's using air force one it's a big plane that takes lots and lots of jet fuel it can even refuel in mid-air now they don't have a situation where if there's a terrorist attack or a nuclear bomb or something where they go mr president we hope we get a good breeze so we can
can get you down on the ground. They refill the plane in air, refuel it with jet fuel. But nevertheless, here's President Joe Biden denying the fact that he's on a jet. By the way, everybody who takes a jet or drives in one of those big SUVs, how about we call them I don't know, transportation deniers or something stupid. We'll come up with some dumb phrase for it just to throw it back in their face. Take a listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, let me tell you why we're here at Brayton Point. Five years ago, this towering power plant that once stood with cooling towers five. Can we talk about this backdrop for a second? I think that was the backdrop of Terminator Salvation. (laughs) You can see in the background, I think, a couple skulls, maybe some machine parts. I, I, I believe that might be Arnold Schwarzenegger's T-800 model with the hand up like the end of T-2. I could be wrong on that. Gary, go ahead. Closed down. A coal plant at Brayton Point was the largest of its kind in New England. 1,500 megawatts of power. Enough to 1. power... 1.21 gigawatts. The president flies an Air Force One, which carries, ready... 53,000 gallons of fuel to deliver a 20-minute speech on a climate emergency. Think about that now. He flew on this massive jet. Biden's comments come right after Fox News reported that John Kerry's private jet, well, that has done over 50 trips, ready 715,000 pounds or 325 metric tons of climate change, carbon, whatever, footprint, nonsense, whatever they want to call it. That's what they're flying on right now. That's what they're doing. And I'll tell you something. You want to talk about hypocrisy. For the average American trying to fill up their car with gasoline right now to find out that John Kerry flew on his private jet to lecture them about driving their kids around in a minivan just to get them to summer camp, they don't want to hear it. To have the president fly to this toxic wasteland to deliver a speech on Air Force One, which, by the way, last time I checked, is probably air-conditioned. I'm going to go on a limb here. I don't think they open up the windows to get a nice cool breeze in there. Meanwhile, they lecture us about using our air conditioners during the summer. Hey, it's summer. It's hot. We're going to use them. So what does the left say next? The left talks about solar panels. I'll tell you about solar panels right now. They are a giant scam. You know why? Because they have a short shelf life of 20 years. What do you do with them after that? Really, what do you do with solar panels? You throw them in a landfill. What do you do with those electric car batteries? You throw them in a landfill. This is the problem. Panels purchased under all these programs, your tax dollars paid for, are nearing the end of their 25 to 30 year old life cycle. What do we do with those? We throw them away and I guess they wind up in that toxic dump that Joe Biden stood in front of. I'm not really sure. Here's what I do know though. I know that people would love to have solar panels on their house if they can afford them. Again, it comes down to what people can do. One of those late night comedians, they're not funny, so I won't even say comedians. One of those late night hosts, I think it was Stephen Colbert, said, I don't care what gas costs, I drive a Tesla. You know what, for a lot of people, we would love to drive an electric car. But last time I checked, electric cars are powered by, what's that word? Oh, electricity, right. So when we talk about the grid being strained on all these hot days in the summer, what powers the grid out of curiosity? Solar panels? Willow Grove Naval Air Station in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania is one of the many sites around the country that suffers from contaminated groundwater. That's right. While contamination is not from solar panels entering our landfills, Willow Grove and the surrounding areas have cancer clusters from contaminated groundwater and roughly 800 unuseful acres. In fact, Sam Vanderhoof is a solar industry expert and chief executive of Recycle PV Solar. He says that only one in 10 solar panels are actually recycled properly. That's something, right? So now think about that for a moment and think about the International Renewable Energy Agency, 
which, by the way, I am the acting chairman of. <laughs> That's right, I know, but I'm really a renaissance man. The truth is that decontaminated, decommissioned solar panels are a major environmental problem. And so are these car batteries. The industry is supposed to be green, they say, but in reality, it's all about the money. And how is it profitable? Because we subsidize them, that's why. The trash is probably gonna arrive sooner than we expected, and it's gonna be a huge environmental catastrophe. This is the problem with the left, and they lie to you right now, too. Now, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, who literally now takes an SUV to work, gets out of it, puts on his helmet, and rides his bike the rest of the way. Because of security, he's gotta be in an SUV, a big gas-guzzling SUV. We talked about gas prices, and if you think, all right, Zioli, you're just another conservative host trying to allege that maybe this is all by design, these high gas prices are done deliberately so they can advance their Green New Deal agenda? Well, here's the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg saying, as we like to say, the quiet part out loud. Take a listen. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. It's why we're hoping you and your colleagues might reconsider opposing the reduction of EV upfront prices with tax credits. So, so you're, you're saying the more pain we have, the more benefit we're going to get. <laughs> no. I think that's what I heard you say. You said the more pain that we <laughs> no, have. That's, that's what you heard. Now look, the more pain I have, the more enjoyable my Friday night is, but that's not the point. The point is this. <laughs> don't act like you don't agree with that. The point is this. He's saying what we all know. They are doing this on purpose to drive up the price of gasoline and oil. This is the only way to make green energy affordable is if all the other things are so unaffordable that we turn around and we go, all right, well, if you're going to subsidize Green New Deal stuff, I guess we can afford it then. It's a scam. On the one hand, you take something that is actually in the private sector. You drive up the price of that on purpose using government policy. Then you turn around and you subsidize something else with government policy to make it, quote unquote, affordable. It's not affordable. I want to make that point very clear. It's not. And the only way it even makes any financial sense is because of tax credits. Well, Biden's trip to the Middle East, he wanted them to pump more oil. Did they? Are they going to? And is it going to benefit the United States of America? Well, here's Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary slash fembot, answering the question from Peter Ducey. Take a listen. We get back from this trip. There's no new peace talks in the Middle East. There's no new commitment to increase oil production in the Gulf. So what was the point of this trip? Got to see the sights, you know, maybe got a little thing of those little snow globes they have. They're big in Saudi Arabia. Little snow globes of them beheading some guy for adultery. I'm sorry, that's the one stoning some guy to death for adultery. I can't keep track of my snow globes. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Peter, of all of the things that had occurred, uh, that we, the, some of the, um, uh, uh, did, uh, that we, the, some of the, um, some of the words that I can't seem to spit out of my mouth. Go ahead. Uh, uh, do outs or the uh, some of the things that uh, we Rob. were able to get done uh, during. Yeah, I don't know what any of that meant. All I know is this: now the left has decided they're going to go after nuclear power. Now, nuclear power is something everybody should embrace. On these hot days, when we talk about the grid being strained, nuclear is fantastic. Despite what you hear from the left about nuclear waste, nuclear waste is a very small amount of actual matter. It really is very small, and they can deal with it fine. But the left hates nuclear too. Why? Because they love Mother Earth to such a degree that all they want are what they call their renewables. So that's solar, and that's wind, and that's hydro. Anything outside of that is nothing the left wants to touch. It really is like a religion for them. I mean, think about it. Natural gas, right? Clean burning natural gas can power everybody, but they don't want it. Nuclear can power everybody. They don't want it. 
so they'll deride fossil fuels and they'll turn around and whenever we offer them other alternatives that actually work, they won't use them. Now, in the face of looming energy problems, California lawmakers have begun to rethink their efforts to close something called Diablo Canyon. It is the last nuclear plant in the state of California. Now, while the plant began operating in 1985, was originally slated to close in 2025. It still provides roughly, ready, 10% of the state's energy, the largest single source of electricity, and enough to supply more than 3 million residents. So why would they want to close it? Why? Because the left hates anything it's not, ready, solar, wind, or water, period. There is nothing rational about it. In fact, nuclear power could power the entire world. Energy officials, scientists, California's governor, Gavin Newsom, pushing for renewed life for Diablo Cannon. But even if Diablo Cannon were to be saved, the victory would be too little, too late. California's energy grid and so many others like it are so strained because so many officials have been pushing for renewable energy. Now, the renewable energy is not enough to power the state. They have not been making the investments needed to be made up until now. That even if you were to save Diablo Cannon, it's still not enough. That's the reality. It's too little, too late. This is why the world's poorest are pushed towards starvation. You want to know one of the most life-saving inventions ever made? Ready? One of the most life-saving inventions ever made is the air conditioner. That's right. Now, I require my house to be, at all times, 37 degrees. True story. It's like a meat locker. In fact, Rocky was there busting some chops last night, if you know what I mean. I like it cold. My wife, on the other hand, she doesn't like it when it's too cold. She has a real problem with air conditioning. But, as I always remind her, we still have it running as much as possible. Now, imagine in parts of the world where they are what are known as developing nations. In those parts of the world, millions and millions of people do not have enough food and life-saving medicines medical devices, etc. And what do they need? They need electricity. From Somalia, Ethiopia, South Sudan, Yemen, Afghanistan, nearly 900,000 people face starvation and death. What do they need? They need power. And what can we do to power their world for drinking water, for medical advances? We could give them the kind of power that they need. However, what we are dealing with right now is that most people in this country they want to tell them, you can't have the same thing we have, reliable electricity. That, to me, is the ultimate height of white privilege. You want to hear about white privilege and American colonialism and all the other nonsense, meaningless phrases the left throws out? How about that? How about a bunch of rich Ivy League faculty lounge Americans telling some poor dude in Somalia, sorry, man, you don't get air conditioning like I do from my air-conditioned faculty lounge at Harvard. Suck it up, buttercup. Maybe try running an ice cube around your face. Oh, right. That's right. It takes power to make ice. Forgot about that. Well, hey, listen, the one thing we do know is that the hypocrisy of the left never ends. And unlike Diablo nuclear cannon, I don't see that going offline anytime soon. It's all fun and games until Zioli gets fired up. It's time for Rich's take of the day. You know what makes me fired up? The left and their constant hypocrisy when it comes to political violence. Every day we have primetime specials about the January 6th commission. True story. Adam Schiff in a steel cage match against the guy with the horns and the furry chest. We're tired of it. Meanwhile, the left encourages political violence every single day in this country. 
New York uh, GOP congressional candidate, I'm sorry, New York GOP gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin was attacked while giving a speech in upstate New York. He was attacked because Governor Kathy Hochul of New York actually encouraged her people to go and show up at his rally and try to disrupt it. That's, a, that's actually exactly what happened here. We have a little video. Take a listen. You're done. You're that guy's grabbing Lee Zeldin's arm saying, you're done. And he had a very sharp thing. Now, he could have killed him. The left loves political violence. They really do. Remember the summer of love in 2020? Over a billion dollars in property damage. And many people died that summer. But what do we hear? We heard all kinds of things about protests. This is protest. This is not a protest. Those were absolutely people who were engaging in rioting and violence. What happened after this guy was arrested? Nothing. He was literally released within seconds of being arrested because New York has a zero cash bail policy. Governor Kathy Hochul told people before the attack, show up to Lee Zeldin's rally. Let them know that you think he's too far right. He's too extreme. That's right. My team has informed me about an incident at Lee Zeldin's campaign event tonight. Relieved to hear he's okay. Oh, please, you're not relieved to hear that. Give me a break. You encourage this kind of violence, too. Just like how the left encouraged that guy to show up and shoot Steve Scalise and the other members of the congressional baseball team. Because the left thinks that we are bad people. They don't know how to engage with us in real debate. They don't want to. They think you're wrong. In fact, to prove that you're wrong, they'll fight you if they have to. They do not want to engage in debate. They'll shut you down as a speaker on a college campus. They'll fire you if you're a faculty member. And if you say something they don't like, they'll report you for triggering them. They do not want to engage this idea that maybe there's other ideas or this idea that maybe we can have bipartisanship. They want no part of it. The left today is authoritarian. They believe it's their way or the highway, and they have no problem with political violence. The reason why they keep bringing up January 6th, which is never going to happen ever again, think about that for a second, and could have been prevented with 10,000 National Guard troops, they'll keep bringing it up because they want America to think at any moment now some far-right MAGA guy with a furry chest is going to attack the United States Capitol building. That's not going to happen. But you get these left-job, left-wing wackos who show up at these various events all the time. How do you deal with them? You put them behind bars. Why are they not putting them behind bars? Well, because groups like Black Lives Matter have successfully lobbied politicians to keep people like that on the streets. Here's a mom confronting Black Lives Matter protesters. She's a mother who was actually shot at once in her life, confronting Black Lives Matter protesters for alleged their demonstrations and all the other stuff. And she said, this is not a George Floyd situation. After Minneapolis police shot and killed Andrew Sundberg, who allegedly shot into Arabelle Frost Yardberg's home where she was with her kids as she was making dinner. Now, the Minneapolis mother was outside her car and she yelled at the demonstrators. She accuses them of celebrating Sundberg's life. And she yelled, come on, he tried to kill me. Take a listen. He played loud music so every day to cope with his mindset. Yarbrough he says, his life, but he has six hours to choose that. I had two to five minutes to choose life or death. Yarbrough said, Imagine that. Guys, firing into your house and Black Lives Matters are protesting for him, not for her. Not for the cops who took that animal down, but for him. I mean, that's what's wrong right now in this country. And what does the left say about this? Well, here is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the leader of the squad, who was harassed on Capitol Hill steps one week after condoning the harassment of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Hey, everybody. I'm here in the Capitol. Um, see this guy right there? Right there. He, when I was walking up, um, 
he said, hey, it's right in front of a Capitol Police officer. Hey, uh, here's this, look at that big ass, look at that big juicy booty, this Latina, like whatever, you know, all the bunch of racist, sexist stuff. And since nobody can do anything, I'm just telling you because um, this institution is not designed to protect people. Now, by the way, and I, it's really, I think she has a very flat ass, but that's me. Remember something about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and what she said about Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh right before he was harassed at Morton Steakhouse. She said, are you snorting over there? Poor guy. He left before his souffle because he decided half the country should risk death if they have an ectopic pregnancy within the wrong state lines. It's all very unfair to him, she said. The least they could do is let him eat cake. In other words, she was condoning potential violence against Brett Kavanaugh and mean words against him. She doesn't like the fact that somebody commented on her booty and I guess wants the Capitol Police to do something about it, even though you do have a First Amendment right to hit on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> Whether you find her butt juicy or not, that is the very definition of protected speech. In fact. I could be wrong, but I think Thomas Jefferson, maybe Madison wrote about bad in Federalist 17. I forget. We got a lot more to come. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll be right back. So here on the Rich Zioli podcast, I like to bring you interesting people, people that are making news, people that have done something with their life. Well, my next guest is no exception to that. In fact, it was early on during the pandemic when I had a story in front of me. It's about a Bucks County dad who was fired up over the fact that his kids were not in school anymore. So he wanted to do something about it. Well, it turns out he's a very successful guy, not just in this fight, but in lots of other areas as well. Paul Martino, my guest this week. Hey, Paul, thanks for making time. Appreciate it, man. Rich, nowhere else I'd rather be. I don't believe that. That's probably true. <laughs> but you're here and that's what counts. Right, right. Uh, and, and the pay is good. And the pay is great. Yes, absolutely. Now, you fought really hard, along with Clarice Schillinger, obviously, for schools, to get schools back open. Back to school PA, back to school USA. This has been something very near and dear to your heart. Why? Well, it really all started because I was pissed off. Uh, our district in Central Bucks, which is the largest suburban district in Pennsylvania, did a survey the summer before school was gonna start in 2020 saying, do you want your kids hybrid? Do you want them in school or do you want them virtual? 80% of the people said we would like to have them either hybrid or in school. Two weeks before the school season, the school year starts, superintendent sends us a letter, goes, oh, sorry, just kidding. Go figure out what you all need to do. And the emotion I had at that point in time was just anger. And I said, we're gonna get that guy out of here because he stinks at his job. And that's how it all started. And we did, by the way. He resigned once it was exposed how incompetent he was. So you got pissed off, and that's what started the whole thing. Literally. You know what? Let's start by taking a shot to that. I admire that. I really do. I admire you getting fired up. And I think it's a great way to begin our interview together is with a cheers to your success. Hey, well, thank well you. Well done. Here, we'll take a little shot of a little Grey Goose. That's what I'm talking about. Pissed off is a good motivation pissed for most great things. motivation. Suck that baby down. Look at that. He did. Wow. Look fantastic. I'm a professional, Rich. He's like, uh, you know, an animal house. I got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, all right. Now, before you got into the school fight, you were involved in a number of different entities, including FanDuel. Yeah. FanDuel Sportsbook, which is, uh, you know, very on our radio station, WPHD. They're a big sponsor. And I think they've really changed the gaming landscape. Sure. 
Yeah, FanDuel is the largest sports betting company in the world. And when I invested in the company, it was seven people in a bedroom in Edinburgh, Scotland. Wow. Husband and wife founding team. They were looking for some money and every other person in the venture capital business said, you're a husband and wife, you're in a closet in Edinburgh, Scotland, get out of my office. Hmm. Uh, the CEO actually pitched 70 different funds and we were the one fund in the United States that said yes. Wow. We invested at the company when it was worth $8 million and it ultimately was bought for $14 billion. That's what the venture business is all about. That's a good rate of return right there. It's a, that's a good return, yes. Now, what is it about the husband and wife in Edinburgh, Scotland, in a closet that made you think, yeah, this is it? They had outstanding metrics, right? So it wasn't so much the pattern recognition of who they were and where they were from and what it was about. It was, I looked at the numbers. It's like, oh my God, you have only 20,000 people using your app and you make a million dollars a year? 20,000 people. I mean, think about it. 20,000 people on a podcast, you make a million dollars a year from them? That'd be pretty impressive. Right. And so we knew that the numbers were outstanding. And I literally called up my buddy. I said, why isn't everybody not screaming to do this? He says, because it's a pattern matching business. Husband and wife, Edinburgh, Scotland, they'll never get the money. Well, it turns out it was pretty good to get them the money. Now, what needed to happen here in order for it to be able to take off? Did, did they have to make a change to legalize sports betting? Because I know that was a big thing former Governor Chris Christie was very big on in New Jersey. Well, that case, actually, Christie versus the government, is how we got legalization. So when the company started, it was daily fantasy. You draft your players. And instead of doing it for a full season, you did it for one day. And that was the new product innovation that they had. And so when I joined the board in 2011, the company was a couple years old. And from 2011 until 2018, all it was is fantasy contests. But in 2018... Sports betting was implicitly legalized in the United States when Christie won his case. Why did Christie sue? He's like, this is ridiculous. My casinos in Atlantic City can't take sports bets, but those guys in Las Vegas can. Ultimately, he won the case. And FanDuel, since 2018, in four years, has become the largest sports betting company in the United States. Hmm. And there's new ones popping up all the time. Sure. MGM, DraftKings was the big incumbent that we also, also fought against. Uh, there are, I think, 13 legal operators here in the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. And so what about the future in all this? Because now they're talking about the rise in addiction and everything else that happens, the pandemic. Where do you see the future in this in going? I, I think that fundamentally we're going to see increasing amounts of sports betting because all you got to do is turn on your TV. Did you ever think you'd see a day where the line was published on ESPN for what the betting odds are? No. I never thought I was no. going to see that because the leagues themselves, the commissioner of the NFL, the commissioner of the NBA, they were dead set against this. Ultimately, and I, I can honestly say this, FanDuel was one of the primary reasons they changed their point of view. Once we showed Adam Silver at the NBA how much engagement we were driving with the fans, and how much an unknown player on a small market team was driving viewership, he said, how can I get involved? The NBA's first investment ever in a company was in FanDuel. My dream when I was a little boy was to become a bookie. Yeah, good dream. Do I still have the option of becoming a bookie now? Or has FanDuel and the other sites basically killed my vision? So guess what the bookies are doing? So look, we're sitting here in Maniunk right now, and right. I can tell you, Delco is still one of the illegal sports betting capitals of the world. I even made a movie about it years ago called Inside Game about the scandal for all the sports betting that happens in this area. Rich, you want to know what those, sports, those bookies are doing now? Since you can go place a bet at parks or at rivers, sure. they extend credit. They send credit. That's the so they're basically business. loan sharks at this now point. Now they're loan sharks. Right. 
Everybody has to transition in business. Yep. Is what you got to do. Grow or die, right? Yep. Adapt or die. Paul Martino's my guest. It's great to talk to him today about schools and about venture capital and his success. Uh, it's really great to have him with me today. Now, let me ask you then about what's next for you because I'm really excited about a new restaurant called Bankroll. Steven Starr, one of my absolute favorite chefs. Yep. His restaurants are fantastic. Yep. Pizzeria Stella, we were just up there yep. a little uh, short time ago. Uh, great pizza. I mean, all of them. Park, Love, Rittenhouse, uh, the whole part of the city. I mean, he's done a great job with that. But you guys are doing something that is completely unique. I don't think there's anything else like it, at least not in the city of Philadelphia. That's right. So Bankroll is going to be open in sometime later this year in 2022. And fundamentally, we figured out a long time ago that younger people, they were engaging with their sports teams, their fantasy lineups, their sports bets in a completely different way than people our age would. They're doing it on their mobile phone, period. And not only were they doing it on their mobile phone, they were doing it while the game was going on. Mm -hmm. you, oh, you missed the play because you were changing your fantasy lineup. What if you built a restaurant from scratch knowing that your clientele was gonna be both watching the TV and doing stuff on the phone while they were eating a great steak from Steven Starr. So we are from scratch building the first ever facility that's all about the community around live sports and betting. And so when you walk into bankroll, you're gonna be able to rent a sofa, sit in a room that feels like your living room, you're gonna be able to challenge your buddies to a contest, you're gonna be able to play Xbox next to the people next to you, because that's what you're doing at home, that's mm -hmm. what you're doing on the phone. We think it's gonna be the next generation of what sports entertainment is all about. How does it differ from a sports book at a casino? So the sports book at a casino, you walk in, and there's all these lines up on the screen, and you walk over to the cage and you place your bet, and that mean lady behind the, the, the thing, she's like, like, it's like that school nun <laughs> wants to smack your you know, fingers if you give her the wrong number. <laughs> right. like, like, oh, 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 you said, you said bet number 23? Oh, go, go to the back of the line. So I actually have a big beef with those places because they are so customer unfriendly, they almost wear it as a badge of honor that they view you, the customer, as an adversary. Because guess what you are? You're trying to beat the house. Bankroll doesn't take the action. The action's taken by FanDuel and DraftKings. We are there to help you beat the house. And I think that fundamental relationship difference that you have when you walk into Bankroll, where you feel like everybody in the place has got your back, versus looking at you to hit you in the hands, I think is gonna lead to a completely different experience. And people all over the world are gonna go, wow, that was, that was a different experience and I need one of them in my backyard. But what about the old saying, the house always wins? In our case, we aren't the house. What Bankroll does is we have an app, you walk in, we recommend a bet, we recommend a show to watch, we say, hey, what are you doing? The steak is really good. By the way, if you sign up over here, we'll get you a, a, a comp dinner tonight. The house is actually the FanDuel's or the DraftKings on the apps that you already have on your cell phone. So the house can still always win, we're just actually getting you to be smarter at how you'll beat the house. We're actually gonna even run weekly programs on never been in sports betting, let me show you how to do it. And what I like about it too, because I know nothing about sports, nothing, is I can bet on funny things, parlays they call them, right? Oh yeah. And, and same game parlays and things like that, which for a guy like me keeps the game interesting, so otherwise I'm bored. That's exactly True. right. You, you, you'd be good at betting the over, under, and the Super Bowl for the length of the anthem. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's usually well, around... We'll show a nip. There'll right, be a nip right, show. Right. Can it's, I bet on that? It's usually right around two minutes and four seconds. So okay. you better be careful. You over, under... So there's a wardrobe malfunction, or uh, that could be... I don't think I've seen that bet yet. All right, well, listen. 
But let me tell you You're one the thing. You're guy to talk to. Let me tell you one thing that's really funny, though. During the presidential debates in 2020, I get a phone call during the presidential debates. And remember, this is, this is Biden and Trump talking about stuff. And my phone rings. It's a friend of mine who works for the NBA. And he calls me up. I say, dude, I'm watching the debate. He says, how much fun is it going to be to watch the debates at your place when it's open and actually have the crowds yelling about who they're supporting? Yeah. And that's when the light bulb really went off. This is not only going to be an awesome place to do sports betting, it's going to be a place to bet on who, who's next to get knocked out on The Bachelorette, who's going to win the 2022 election, who's going to win in 2024. And the fact that a buddy of mine from the NBA called me to say that during the debate, that's when I knew we were onto the right idea. Well, you're right, because during the debates, people on my show were calling up and saying, we want to do bets on who's going to say it. How many yep. times Trump is going to say, excuse me, excuse me, or, or how many times Biden was going to stop himself in the middle of saying something right. and lose his train of thought. You know, what's the over under on that? We were having all kinds of great jokes about that. Yep. We did. Bingo was all we could do because we couldn't bet on it at the time. So I think that's going to be a big deal, too. People will love to be engaged. Years ago, we would have debate watch parties on WPHT. We'd right. all go to Parks Casino or another place like that. Yep. We'd watch the games, we are the, the, the debate, and we would make jokes, and we would have little prop bets like that. Right. To be able to do it and actually potentially win some money on that, because I'll take the over-under every time on Joe Biden going, ah, forget it, or no joke. No joke. Or just Joe Biden even being able to debate. That in and of itself could be a great bet. I want to know what the line is, him against Corn Pop, though. That's the wow, line listen, I want to see. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Right? I mean, I think he's got to be a 5-1 to one favorite against Biden. Biden with the pool chains given him by Bill Rightmouse against Corn Pop? Definitely go but, but with wait, Corn Pop. Wait, is he on a motorcycle? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Biden was a truck driver, too. Did you know that? Oh, right. And no joke. Went, and he went to that, that historically black college. He I did. I forgot yes. about that. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was a big... He marched with Dr. King, too, oh. and was arrested with him. Amazing yeah, guy. So the guy has Amazing done it guy. all. And went to the moon. No joke. My dad always said, Joey, if you can go to the moon, hitch a ride. Uh, last question for you, Paul Martino, and I appreciate your time today. Back to school, USA. What's next in the fight? So here's what happened. I, I never did this because I wanted to get involved in politics. I did it because I wanted to get our incompetent superintendent out, which we did. But guess what happens when you get your incompetent superintendent out? Everybody else calls you. And this is actually how I met Clarice. I said, look, I've got people calling me from all around the country going, how did you get rid of the boob? <laughs> I mean, literally, that's basically the call I got. I said, we need to go take this statewide. We need to go across the entire state. And I know, as Clarice has told you, we ran two, 300 school board candidates. 130 or so of them got elected yeah. and actually put some sanity back on the school boards. So back to school USA, we went from my little district in Central Bucks to the state of Pennsylvania. And now Clarice is going to run the show at Back to School USA, and it's going to go all across the whole country. And we're going to show people how to get incompetent people who are not focused on your kids out, which is where they deserve to be. Get the boobs out. We like that. Let the boobs out. Right. Get them out. I think that makes sense from someone who's a mother in the learning fight, don't you think? <laughs> Mothers in the Learning Fight Gone Wild, which will be our first official full-length movie coming out on pay-per-view only, will be shown at Bankroll. Any truth to that? You, you, have to or, you have to order from a 976 number, and there's only certain people in the audience who will get that joke.
<laughs> I love it. And by the way, props to you for bringing Corn Pop into the segment. <laughs> Bravo, Paul Martino. That is not, no one's ever done that before. So I'm impressed. Thank you, sir. Of course, Corn Pop was a bad dude. A bad dude. <laughs> Paul Martino, everybody. We'll be right back. And now, the segment you've been yearning for. It's time for our favorite MILF, Mother in the Learning Fight. Now, this is a part of the Rich Zioli podcast that we like to call the Mother in the Learning Fight. Just a reminder, if you're listening right now, you can also watch this on our YouTube channel and Facebook and BroadandLiberty.com as well. So, if you want to see the Mother in the Learning Fight, you can do so because she is now on video Mother in the learning, fighting it up. <laughs> My friend, Clarice Chillinger. Hello, Clarice. Are you encouraging people to go to the video? I am encouraging people to see the mother in the learning <laughs> fight. Mother in the learning, fighting it up. What do we got this fighting week? Fighting it up. There's, you know, when I look for content, it's, we're never short of it. So, uh, Dr. Rachel Levine who was the former Secretary of Health of Pennsylvania, Yes. then went on to the White House because she checked all the boxes and we needed, you know, the LGBTQ plus. Plus, plus, I, A, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, I would love for you to see a clip of what she said. Now the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Rachel Levine. Dr. Rachel Levine who went to evil medical school, the doctor, thank you. So we really want to, 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 to base our treatment and, uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities and sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. Gender affirmation treatment, Clarice, it sounds to me like potentially surgery and puberty blockers. Well, that's exactly what it is. And, and that's for under the age of 18. And what I was thinking when I was watching uh, Dr. Levine speak about this issue is, number one, you have three children, I have two children. And every single day, who and what they want to be when they grow up changes. But at 21 in the United States of America is the first time someone can have a drink of alcohol. Right. So we have doctors now saying, well, if you're five and six and seven, you can change your gender. And, and that just really, I, I don't understand this disconnect that's happening with 18 year olds can go to the military and 21 years old can take a drink of alcohol. But if you're five, you can change yourself from being a man to a woman. Right. Yeah, that, well, we don't problem. know when adulthood begins. When I was five, I identified as Batman. Yeah, sure. And He-Man. Well, you didn't see the Batman bat signal that I had outside the studio today for I, you? And I ran to it like a child. <laughs> when you're five, you can't possibly know any of these issues. And the yes. problem is right now, there's a movement among the left to completely steal our children's childhood. Yes. Look, you're an adult, you're an adult, live your life. I, I'm not going to tell you what to do or what you want to be when you grow up. But when you grow up is the key. Yep. But think about it now. The say of the left will scream you shouldn't be able to buy tobacco until you're at least 21 and they'll raise the age of this but say you can do gender affirming surgery as they call it when you're 12 it makes absolutely no sense and then they want to lower the voting age to 16 too. raise the age to buy a gun to 21 which is it either your brain is formed to make these decisions that's, or it's not that's exactly period. right that's exactly right and and dr levine she also not, noted in there and it was very very quick she said and sports 
Yeah, and sports. Now, I was at the pool yesterday and uh, accidentally got harpooned. <laughs> I know, I gotta, I gotta get a bow flex. I gotta commit. It's like Star-Lord, I gotta, man. But anyway, I was at the pool and I was talking to some parents who had a big swim meet over the weekend. And I just took a little informal poll. All these girls are in the pool swimming and sure. working so hard and a couple of the seniors there are going off to college. So I asked a couple of the dads and moms, I said, now if you find out that your daughter, when she's swimming now at Catholic University, now has to face against a dude in the pool who's now identifying as a woman, would you be okay with that? Would you look at that as progress? And they went, oh my God, my daughter's been working at this and she was five years yep. old and she's not losing a spot in the team. And so there you go. It's and anecdotal, but I think there's a lot to it. No, there is a lot to it. So many of the travel parents and all the money that they pour in to trying to get their son or daughter, frankly, a scholarship. So we need to we need to get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. And I identify with, for purposes of swimming, as Aqua Man. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh Brought no! Brought a full circle right back to the pool. So I, I have to give you the bat signal. What do I have to do for Aqua Man? Uh, oh. Give me Amber Heard. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Don't no, give no, me no. Amber Heard. Never mind. But wasn't that fantastic? Are, are we not talking about Johnny Depp right now? No, okay. you can talk about Johnny Depp, sure. No, I was. Wasn't that fantastic when Aquaman was in the trial and he was like all in love with Johnny Depp's uh, attorney? What's her name? Kam Kamala. Camila? Well, I think they ran off together. Did they? I th that's the rumor. <gasps> I, don't know if, I don't know if it's true or not. Seriously? I don't know. That's what I heard. I so. thought she would run off with Johnny. Okay, let's get back to the kids. Okay. So masking is back. Yes. Um. And I have to tell you, even virtual learning, so ABC Today, just a few hours before I got here, they said that Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh are all ready to go for virtual learning because the numbers are so high. So I do want you to watch this clip about um, San Diego. They are now San Diego. Yes, fully masked, San Diego, California. San Diego Unified is reinstating an unscientific, unlawful, and harmful uh, mask mandate, even though there is no state mandate at this point. San Diego Unified. So, no mask mandate. No mask mandate. In the state of California, San Diego makes its own rules. The school boards make their own rules. In fact, yep. school boards, and, and I was speaking at a conference over the weekend and saying, you know, before you do anything, before you file any lawsuit, before you do spend your money recklessly, read your school code and understand exactly how much power the school board really does have. In Pennsylvania, the school board can raise your taxes, they can mm -hmm. close schools for up to four years, except there's so many things, so much power, 1,028 pages of power actually. So, um, you know, I always say that, that this subject is never going away. The COVID, the monkeypox, it's not going away. No, and now what you have here is you have people who want to control everyone's lives, and they do it under the guise of pandemic. Yes. And COVID's over. Even people that get COVID now, it's a very mild strain, and they want to combine it with the COVID monkeypox combo platter. You know, one from, <laughs> one from column A, one from column B, which actually is how COVID started. Some guy ordered bat from column A and pangolin from column B, I believe, is how it all began. So there you go. The bat and the monkey. Yeah, I pox. like that. Right. I like that. Um, but, you know, the teachers union and, and public schools, frankly, have never received so much money than they have since COVID. So they're like, well, let's keep of the course. handouts going. The gravy train, keep it running. Right. But I will say that school choice, you know, we always talk about school choice and the money mm -hmm. following the child. And 
that is happening with or without elected officials. Good. Period. So New York City is projected to lose an additional 30,000 children this year. Wow. In addition to what they've already lost. I want you to hear Mayor Adams and, and see what he has to say. Okay. With the Department of Education, we have a massive hemorrhaging of students. Massive hemorrhaging. We're in a very dangerous place in a number of students that we are dropping. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a surprise given the fact of the school shutdowns and lockdowns and kids under five had to be in masks in New York City until pretty recently. So, oh, that's 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 right. I have. A- and you could not tell them apart from the criminals on the streets <laughs> like Johnny yep. and then a carjacker would turn around and little Johnny would turn around because they're all masked it's, up. It was very confusing. It's actually it's I laugh, but it's the truth. I mean, truly. So. My MILF of the week. The mother in the learning fight (laughs) of the week. Yes, the mother in the learning fight of the week. So at this conference that I was speaking at over the weekend, I opened it with, you can sit on Facebook and rant as much as you want, and you can sit in this room and rant as much as you want. You can go to your school board meetings and you can scream at those people like you're screaming into this black void as much as you want. Or you can get off your chair you mm-hmm. can go off of social media and go knock 50 doors for your school board candidate that's going to put you, your taxes, your child, their education first. And that's exactly what this San Diego mom does. And I, like, I, you know, back to school USA, that's what we do. We fund school board races. Instead of screaming at the same person that's not listening to you, change the person you're screaming to. So you have to watch a San Diego mom. Carlsbad school board candidate Sharon McKeeman says new mask mandates hurt kids already behind because of virtual learning and school closures during the pandemic. Masking has been proven to harm social and linguistic academic development. Masking children makes no difference in transmission rates and most uh, kids have already had COVID and have strong natural immunity. So she stepped up. I like it. She didn't just go she didn't and, just and complain just on Facebook. Complain. We see Stepped that all up. the time. She says, no, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and run. And that's not an easy thing. You know that I ran for public office. These public of- officials and, and candidates, it's not an easy thing. You know, you've been we in need, We need more mothers in the learning fight. Way more milfs. And milks. dads in the learning fight, too. We need way more milfs and milks. We need milfs and dilfs in the learning fight. No, we do. We need parents to sign up and step up. Thank you, Clarice. Well done. Great job. Great to see you. Isn't it better seeing her, too, than just listening? So as a reminder, (laughs) if you are listening right now to the podcast, take a minute to check out the YouTube uh, channel. Subscribe to it. Like it. And share a video, if you would, please. Trying to grow the brand a little bit, all right? Trying to grow it. We can only grow with your help because you are our marketing budget. Audio on the Rich Zioli podcast. Stupid things said by stupid people. And now here on the Rich Zioli podcast, we do a thing we like to call dumb things said by dumb people, or you know it as stupid things <laughs> said by stupid people. I love that production value, don't you? That's, I love that's it. high. That's high class right there. You don't class. film that with lasers. <laughs> True story. So let's begin with the president's physician, shall we? We all know that Joe Biden has COVID, or at least his stunt double does. And the White House doctor came out. You can laugh at that. It's okay. Everybody knows Joe Biden died months ago. I'm just kidding. Kidding. Years ago. 
The White House physician came out, Dr. Ashish Jha, to give everybody an update on how Pops Biden is doing. Take a listen. Let me start by apologizing my voice. I'm feeling much better than I sound. The president is doing better. He slept well last night. Uh, he ate his breakfast and lunch. I fully. He actually showed me his plate. Didn't ask about the menu, but I did see an empty plate with crumbs. He ate his breakfast and lunch. Hey, Pops, did you eat your cereal today? Yeah, he starts throwing Cheerios at him. Look at me. Here's my empty bowl and pours it over. You know what this is? My two-year-old. No, really, she ate soup today with her hand. And I said, right, did you eat your lunch? She turned it over and spilled it all over. I think it's how Joe Biden eats as well. Showed me the empty plate. Look at these crumbs. Yeah. Daddy used to always say to me, Joey, when you're done, throw crumbs at people. They'll know you ate your whole meal. No joke. True story. No kidding. That's the measure of our president's fitness and competence. He left crumbs on his blueberry muffin. Here's my question, too. Did he drink it? Sometimes they have to liquefy all the foods. Oh. Is he drinking it? I'm just wondering. I'm asking for a friend right there. So listen, world, enemies, terrorists, people that hate us, don't try anything. The president ate his breakfast. And he got a good night's sleep. Didn't have to change his depends once last night. No joke. True story. My dad showed me, Joey, try to hit the head before you go to bed. Otherwise, you wake up peeing four, five, six times a night. No joke. Depends. No, it really does depend on how the president's doing. So I feel much better. You feel better, Clarice? I can't speak. You can't speak. I know. The world can't speak right now. Can't you imagine right now some dictator sitting there going, is this the president's doctor letting us know that oh. he ate his breakfast? All right, call off the attack. <laughs> Never mind. He's good to go. It's like seven days. John F. Kennedy, remember the Cuban Missile Crisis? At no point did the White House come on and go, and Nikita Khrushchev was warned today, President Kennedy oh. ate his Lego waffle. Rich, he was actually so happy to come out to the podium and, and like, report oh, that yeah. he... No, the next update's going to be, and the president had a bowel movement today. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to go to the next one here. During her weekly press conference, Nancy Pelosi was asked about her husband engaging in insider trading. Now, you should know, as of this moment, the vampiric one has turned into a bat, and she's flying to Taiwan right now, as a matter of fact, which will probably start World War III, but that's for another show. That'll be for next week's podcast, if we're still here. Between that and the fact that the president might have had some Metamucil this morning, I don't know how the world is sticking by us at this moment. But nevertheless, the vampiric one was asked, because how is it all these members of Congress make, you know, $175,000 a year and end up being multi-multi-millionaires. Well, Paul Pelosi, her husband, it turns out, was buying a bunch of stocks relating to things that Congress was voting on. Now she is the Speaker of the House. Kind of a big deal. Kind of the most important member of the entire Congress. So they asked her about it. And I'm sure she gave the people what they deserved. A real in-depth, heartfelt, honest answer. Yes. Take a listen. Over the course of your career, uh, your be... by the way, just stop it. That face right there, the, the frozen look on that face very much looks like Joe Biden's breakfast, I believe. It's like frozen kind of like jello, right? I mean, that's a face that looks like a jello roll mold is what it looks like. There's no, it doesn't move. It doesn't move. Look at it's, the face. It's the Botox, Rich. Is that what it is? It's the Botox and the filler. All right. Go ahead. What are you saying? Uh, over the past year, your career, No. Oh, Absolutely Richie, not. No. Okay. I had a flight to Taiwan. 
<laughs> and she's gone. So now the American people would like to know whether or not the Speaker of the House's husband is making money off of policy enacted by the Speaker, but she does not even respect you enough to give you an answer. No. Grumbles, grunts, and leaves the podium. You know, if that was Trump or anybody else, they'd be screaming about that. We have a right to know, and we do have a right to know. They'd want to hear visitor logs and calls and records of all of that information. Who'd the speaker talk to? Did anyone from Paul Pelosi talk to the speaker's office? Did they have any conversations about this stuff? No, she just goes, and grunts, and then the media goes, oh, okay, I guess there's nothing to see here. Let's move on. There you go. During his keynote address to the United Nations, uh, Prince Harry, who is, of course, just so you know, living in public housing, takes a public <laughs> salary, gets a public driver. Oh, really, the royal family does nothing. They contribute nothing. And don't tell me tourism is their contribution. No, no, the guy in the gift shop selling little porcelain queens, <laughs> that guy is contributing to the economy. All the royals are doing is just standing there, and taking up a lot of oxygen in the room, by the way. <laughs> Prince Harry goes to the world stage, the United Nations, to crap all over the country that kicked their ass in 1776. Mm. Now, I get it, they have a grudge. And I have a grudge from the English crown burning down the White House in the War of 1812. I I, for one, have not forgotten. And I'm not saying that I would try to burn down, where do they live? Graceland? What is it called again? All I know is this. Revenge is a dish best served cold, like the food in England. They have the worst food on the planet, just for the record. Everything's cold there. Try to get a burger. They go, oh, oh, mad cow, love. This is served well done well. My advice to you is don't eat the food in England. Save your appetite and go to Italy where you belong, all right? But this is Prince Harry crapping all over democracy and freedom. Take a listen. This has been a painful year in a painful decade. Oh, has it been painful since 1776 when we gave you guys the boot? Sorry, I know. It's only been a couple hundred years. Maybe you'll get over it soon. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities. Yeah, it's the royal family. This is a pandemic that never seems to end. Does anyone notice whether they're not drinking and driving and doing drugs and all kinds of... And then the queen gets COVID. She's 157 years old. It's like, oh, I had the sniffles. Look, can we all finally put COVID behind us now? The queen survived COVID, all right? Who, who's dying from COVID if the queen is surviving? All right. Corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet. With the most I have an idea. Why don't you give up all the Bentleys, everything else you drive, the Land Rovers, Range Rovers, right. the jets, the planes, the palaces. What's the carbon footprint of Buckingham Palace, out of curiosity? Asking for a friend. Is it all green powered, huh? Is it all hydro powered? Oh, look, we're taking the royal blimp over. <laughs> the royal boat, start rowing. Well, they could row, because I think they still have slaves. Oh Is they God. England? That may not be true. I got to check my, blimp. let me check my notes on that. Go ahead, Harry suffering most of all. <laughs> the few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. They covered up Jack the Ripper, okay? Don't tell me about covering things up for the lies of the many and all your other BS. No, really, if you want to speak of Johnny Depp, you want to watch a great movie called From Hell, it's all about how the crown covered up Jack the Ripper. He's probably his cousin. I don't know and that for the horrific again, I'm speculating. <laughs> don't sue me, but you know what I mean. War in Ukraine, to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom, the cause of Mandela's life. As we sit here today, our world is on fire, again. And these historic weather events are no longer historic. 
More and more, they are part of our daily lives. And this crisis will only grow worse unless our leaders lead. Wow, riveting. I'm so inspired by that. And how'd you get home to England out of curiosity? Did yeah. you take a plane? Think oh, you did? The, the royal blimp. The royal blimp? <laughs> Harry, are you tooting enough to give us some wind power? <laughs> In fact, they're so full of hot air in the royal family, I think that's probably the way to do it. It's, yeah, right? I agree. <laughs> Carice, before you got married, your wonderful husband, Mike, did you have some bad dates in your life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at those eyes. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's confirmation. Can I tell right? you about one right before sure. Mike? The one right before Mike. Yeah. So you know me pretty well, like, personally. I do. So I pulled into the date 10 minutes late, and he yelled at me. Wow. And I said... Um, hello, welcome to Clarice time. Yeah. Ten minutes late to everything. And then I met Mike. At the same date? Because that... <laughs> no. It's especially no. awkward. No, no, that was... No, no. Oh, different, different date. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, ten minutes late for Clarice, is, that's on time, actually, for you. Absolutely. That's on time. Ten minutes is like I'm, I'm patting myself on the back. Well, a Michigan woman sued a man for $10,000 after he stood her up on a date. Now, this guy dodged a bullet train, a bullet train he dodged, because that's yes. how bad it would have been for him. Yes. And she told the judge off in court. Now, this is amazing, too, because not only is she now the least eligible bachelorette in the world, she now is in contempt of court. Take a listen. You can't, another count. You, can't do, you can't add another count because you don't like or you disagree with what is in his answer. If he responds and his response is a lie, it's perjury, then my documents will prove that no, he lied no, and his no, response. No, 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 no. It's his version. First of all, do you understand what perjury is? Yes, I, I understand perjury, perjury is a lie. I no, know what perjury means. Uh, let me uh, describe this in case you're not watching on our YouTube channel, which you should be. <laughs> that man is sitting there with a the look of, Dear Jesus, thank you. <laughs> thank you, God. But for all my sins in the world, you really could have punished me by having me hook up with that. Yes. And I dodged a bullet here. And he's, I think, even willing to pay the 10 grand, right? <laughs> yes. Just to say I got off scot-free here. You imagine that? She's yelling at the judge about what perjury is. The judge is going, no, 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 that's not perjury. She goes, I don't care, Your Honor. I'm making it up right now. This guy's just sitting there going, whew, whew. You know what I mean? Yes. The entire time. And that concludes stupid things said by stupid people. Mama Zioli always says you need to eat your vegetables. So here's another Joe Biden word salad. Now, time for me to eat my vegetables. Clarice, give me a little word salad, shall we? <laughs> oh, well, you know Joe Biden has COVID this week. I heard that, but he ate his breakfast and his lunch. He did, but Kamala sure did step in for him this week. We actually have two word salads because I couldn't pick either one. All right, this is like a salad buffet. <laughs> Vice President Kamala Harris with her inspirational words of wisdom, the motivational speaker of the year. Let's take a listen. <laughs> So when I think about what we need to do to address mayor, um, what ultimately does so often fall on the shoulders of our mayors to address on a community level, um, we need to take action at the federal level. What? I'll tell you what, Tony Robbins has nothing on her, huh? <laughs> when I think about what we need to address, we have to address, and we're going to address it. Oh. All right, eat up, kids. We got one more for you. One more. Have at it. 
we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue, it's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. Need to get to go? You gotta go. <laughs> and you gotta go, you gotta go. <gasps> Why? Why? This is you That's reading the from insurance policy against Joe Biden dying of COVID. You realize that? <sighs> if he does, God forbid, pass away, they'll keep him in the basement, like in that movie Dave, on a life preserver, just and say, <laughs> "Well, he's just taking some time away." They will never let her be president. Thank God, by the way. That's I think the it'll truth. be like a weekend of Bernie's. Remember that that movie? No, it has been a weekend of Bernie since January of 2021, <laughs> for the record, and actually even before that, just so you know. We're going to do something called our last call of the day today. We got something really nice. Uh, we're going to talk about, actually, what we're going to do is, yeah, our short video. I was in the dunk tank. Oh, my gosh. Uh, to raise money for the cops in our segment called, uh, we did something called for the families beyond the badge. I was in a dunk tank, and it was disgusting water. It was putrid water. Uh, but I did it for the kids, for the children, for the cops, too. I was happy to do it. Maureen Faulkner, the wife of late Philadelphia police officer Danny Faulkner, who was slain down by Mumia Abu-Jamal, Wesley Cook. Uh, Maureen was there, and she dunked me, as a matter of fact. We have the exclusive video. Yes. Uh, take a watch. <laughs> See that? I went right straight in. That water was so gross. It was disgusting. No, it was like septic water. It was septic water. Yeah, yeah it really was. It, it was, was pure yellow. In fact, we'll post a picture on our Instagram page for you to take a look at yeah, as we, well. Yeah. Uh, and it is very hot out. We're in the middle of a heat wave right now. So what do you want to do? What do you think we should do? A doctor says you should drink a beer. All right. And I am all in. I mean, we don't have a beer right now because we're going to talk about red wine in just a second. Yes. But... A doctor legitimately said, have a beer. There is a, there's like a short clip. Uh, oh. There's a Twitter that you can see how she said, drink a half a beer because of the electrolytes. This is my favorite doctor ever. Go ahead, Me doc. Too. If you are dehydrated and an adult and able to do so, drink a half a pint of beer, including alcohol free, and then move straight onto water or a sports drink or cordial if you don't like water. You know what? I agree with her advice, but just to be safe, I'm gonna drink four pints of beer <laughs> because if one half is good, four has yes. to be better. Duh. That's math right there. That's called science. <laughs> if something's good, do as much of it as humanly possible. That's what I say. I actually thought it was the opposite. If it's bad, do as much of it. Like the mask wearing. Right. Right. Like there's like tons of bacteria growing in it. So just keep putting it on your face. Exactly. And yeah. it works so well. That's why all these people are not getting COVID. <laughs> but actually, I'm a wine guy, not really a beer guy. I'm a wine guy. And as know. you know, I'm a big fan of red wine. This is from Oregon. You brought this in for us today. This is because yeah. a, uh, an older gentleman, man, it's over 100 years old. He's a veteran. God bless him for his service. He said the key to his longevity in life is a glass of wine a day. Aww. Look at him. What a cute guy, he's right? He's so happy. He's so happy because he's drunk. That's why. Because he's drunk he's on red drunk. wine. That's why. And you know what? I say drink up to that. Cheers to that. The other thing I want to cheers to is the fact that Shark Week is coming back. You know the old saying? It's this week. Live every day like it's Shark Week, right? I agree with that. <laughs> that is a picture of a dead shark on the beach in Long Island. Imagine running on the beach and tripping over that thing. That's why I don't run on the beach. <laughs> That's the only reason you don't run on the beach. 
With that, thanks for listening to the podcast and watching the podcast as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Share it if you would. We'd appreciate it. And we will be back when we feel like it. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. It's been a long week. A week of nonsense and lies and utter BS. Consider this your tonic for all that ails you politically, so drink it in. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast.